we sat down and we got a team of attorneys together, some of the highest profile attorneys. And was that how it worked? Yeah, it was the highest profile attorneys in 5600 McLeod. <laughs> Unit J, which is where we were. The it's, two of was, us. It was Dale and Brian at law. So why would two guys leave comfortable jobs, move across the country and start a business in an industry they don't know, a place they don't know? And could it be successful? We're Dale and Brian Carmi. Join us as we share our story and inspire you to become people of impact. Welcome to the Impact Without Limits podcast. Have you ever taken a check and refused to cash it? I've often sent checks that I hoped people wouldn't cash. (laughs) So... Hey, welcome back to the Impact Without Limits podcast. This is Dale Carmi sitting here with Brian Carmi. Hello. Um, yeah, we're going through the story. Uh, Forever Lawn has started summer of two thousand and four, and we talked the last ep- talked about the last episode. Um, realizing all of a sudden we'd created another company that actually required some attention. So we had Forever Lawn Southwest, which was our local sales and install company in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Now we had Forevalon Inc., which was uh, the national brand, and we were getting attention. We were getting people wanting to know about the product and wanting to buy the product, but we were also finding some people who were clicking this little button we'd put on the website that said it was either business opportunities or dealership opportunities. Click here, and we'd say, hey, you want you know, you want to represent Forevalon, sell Forevalon, build a business, contact us. And doggone it, people start filling out this form. Well, you know, it was crazy because sometimes when people get started in business, you you start a business and you have a location and you have a storefront and you, you know, open up the door, right? And you're open for business. It was like a grand opening. And with Foreverlon Inc., our grand opening was really the launch of our website, right? We had yeah. this national presence that we created by flipping on a website. And and today that sounds like, well, of course, you know, more business is done online than it is offline. This is 2004. 2004. I wouldn't say it was like the internet was brand new, but it certainly wasn't. I think Al, Cor- Al Gore was polishing up the final pieces of the internet like four or five years earlier. <laughs> I think releasing Am- it to the public. Amazon was still just selling books back then. I think that's a weird con- concept. Yeah, really? Um, but yeah, so we had people inquiring about becoming dealers and really this is one of those times where you just felt like God was opening doors. These weren't things we were pursuing. We didn't create a campaign for dealerships. We didn't, uh, go out and say, Hey, here's what we need. This market, this market, this market, let's go find dealers. People were coming to us. God was, was opening doors and and bringing people to us. Through this website. And and again, you, you mentioned it. There was that little tagline or that little button or something that said, you know, become a dealer, business opportunity. If we hadn't put that on that website, it would have totally changed the trajectory of Forever One. And yeah, I think I think you said we'd still be out in Albuquerque um, slogging uh, shovels full of gravel and crawling around on our hands and yeah. knees <laughs> installing the turf, which, which isn't terrible, no. but it's maybe a far cry from where we're at right now. But, and, and beyond that, you think of all of the, the great friendships and relationships and people that 
we got to we know through this process and, and, and just have developed a business and done things. Yeah. So as we look back at that, Brian, um, it is interesting how it happened because we had certainly thought about um, the idea of dealers because we put it on the website, but like you said, it wasn't a plan. We weren't out to do that. This, this came out of our desire to create that image of that national brand, but here they were. Um, we got people saying, hey, we want to know about, um, how to be a dealer, uh, interested in being a dealer. And we'd, we'd answer them back and say, you know, where do you live? What's your interest? And we might get an email or two back and forth. And a lot of times it would filter them out. You know, you just reply, but a couple of these buggers were persistent. Yeah. The first one that I remember really getting traction, we'll call El Paso James. El Paso James. It was down in El, El Paso, Paso surprise, surprisingly figure. enough. But uh, a gentleman named James had a hot tub store and thought he could sell some fake grass alongside it. And if he was going to sell that, he wanted you know, somebody that could maybe help him get started because he didn't know what to do. And so he reached out, and I think you and Derek went yeah, down. Yeah, Derek and I took a trip down to El Paso, which is about a four-hour drive from Albuquerque. And, and Derek's, I think, 11, 12 <laughs> yeah, at the time. 2004, he was 11. Um, yeah, so it was kind of funny going down on a business trip to meet somebody who's taking your 11-year-old son, but, I mean, that was us, right? We were... We were family, and and um, I didn't want to be alone for that four hour drive, so we went down. We met with El Paso James. He was a was a great guy. We had a good meeting. I remember um, in his showroom, he had a really nice showroom, uh, and it's just this is kind of funny. But I get down there. Here's this legitimate business in a retail plaza with this big showroom with four or five hot tubs around, some swimming pools that they sold the stuff they were doing. And, uh, I'm driving down from Albuquerque. We had that tiny little office on, um, McLeod, you know, maybe 200 square feet in the warehouse behind us. And he's wanting to know how to be a part of our business. And it was just something you're down there trying to wrap your mind around this saying, okay, you know, yep. we have something. It's not what we have. Isn't our building. It isn't our space. It's an idea and an ideal. Um, and that's what he's interested in. So I kind of had to get myself in the right headspace, but I remember Derek and I, he had this little, um, uh, I want to say putt, putt course it wasn't putt, putt. It, it was these golf balls about the size of a wiffle ball made out of plastic and these little golf clubs that like little kids use that have the big plastic head and Derek's chipping this ball all around the inside of the, of his showroom. And, uh, if I can find the picture, we'll put it in the show notes, but there's, Derek hits this hole in one on this one shot and the look of surprise in his face was outstanding. But, uh, we went down and met with James. We talked to him. He's wanting to know what it's about and we're answering questions and he's like, Hey, I'd really like to do this. And I think our answer was okay. Great. You know, we'll, we'll help you out. We'll, we'll get you set up. You can start buying product and, um, you know, we'll come down when you get your first sale, we'll come down and train you and, and help you go because, look guys, we didn't know what we were doing. This was the first person we'd ever gone out and talked to. And we didn't have an agreement. We didn't have a contract. We didn't, we didn't have anything. It was just, okay, yeah, you can sell it. We'll work with you. So I think off the heels of that, we realized, Hey, we should put a little structure to this. Yeah. We should create some formal agreement. We should probably charge something for this setup and training and everything that goes with it. 
Right. We started thinking. We didn't know what that looked like. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean that to imply we hadn't thought before this, but we started <laughs> thinking intentionally about, all right, well, how, how do we do yeah. this? And, and we started to get more inquiries. These inquiries, these business they kept coming. requests kept coming in. And I remember we had uh, a multiple come in from California. Yeah. We had, uh, I don't know, three or four or five. I know, there were three that we connected with. Yeah. So, so I think we had we had more than three, and we start calling these people up. So how are we going to meet with somebody in California? What, what did we figure? We said, Let, let's make a trip. Road trip. Let's, let's pack up in the car. Let's drive out to California. Let's uh, tell these people we're going to be available on this day, and let's set the meetings. So I think we had three meetings set for the same day. And uh, we drove out there. Might they might have spent I mean, two days. Two. I think the the last one in Riverside was the start of a second day. Yeah, but and, we were driving home that night, obviously. And then um, again, we're still in that time period, Brian. A couple things going on. One, we we still really don't have that much money. I mean, we're installing no, again, we so we we have money flowing from the the southwest side, but we're building a team. We're investing it all back in. So. It's not like this was an easy trip. So we drove again and yeah, we yeah. went out there. It was you and me and it was quick. We didn't have a lot of fanfare, not a lot of extra time. Two meetings one day, spend the night, meeting the next day, drive home. Two of those meetings ended up sticking long term. Two term. of the one, three wanted to become dealers. Yeah. One of them ended up becoming a dealer up near San Francisco. And that one took some time. That was a group of three guys and there was some negotiations there. But the second one that kind of kind of stuck um, happened quick. And so it was uh, our, our last meeting before we had it home. It was in Riverside. And, and I'm pretty sure we had spent the night. Uh, the gentleman gave us a place that we should stay. And he met us at a Denny's. It's Riverside. Starts with an R. Let's just call him Roger. Roger. Yeah, Roger. So this guy, Roger, said, hey, I, I'd like to talk to you guys about this. Let's meet at Denny's. And so we meet at Denny's. And he starts... Asking questions where, where I, I want to make a pitch here for Denny's. Denny's where is where business gets done. Gets done. For Everlon wouldn't exist when we we're for Denny's. Was it two months earlier? Month, month two earlier, we were out at Denny's um, meeting the people from the field company. We we met with. We had breakfast there. We talked, and we went out and did our tour of Cal Southern California, seeing all these places. And here we are a month or two later, back out in Southern California. This time in Riverside, meeting at a Denny's again. But that, that launched our business. And I know, Thank you, Denny's. I know people are asking, why Denny's? Well, the answer, I don't know if it's still the same, but back then, the Grand Slam breakfast three ninety nine. You could get breakfast? I mean, my that goodness. Was, that was a steal. So we Grand would- Grand Slam uh, breakfast with a glass of water. You're out yes. there for three ninety nine. But we sit down, and I, I mean, this, this one is one of those moments. It's kind of seared into our mind. Um, we sit down across the table from Roger and I think his brother-in-law was with him there, but we start talking through, you know, just for everyone and our product. And he's like, listen, I've looked at other products out there. Nothing is like yours. It's, it's really neat. And then he said, you know, the other thing I love about this is you guys, like you have done this. You're not just somebody telling me, Hey, go buy a product. Like you have actually physically done this. You know what you're doing. I can learn from you. Um, and he was in. He was, I mean, pretty quickly, he was pretty excited about this opportunity. And, and you start to realize, like, hey, this is going somewhere. And then the next thing I know, he pulls out his checkbook. And he says, so how much is the how dealership? Much? How much? And I don't know where this number came from. I don't know if we talked about it. <laughs> um, I, we, we had to have talked about it some. But 
we weren't really, we hadn't really like worked through it and, and you know, yeah. crunched this and figured it out. Well, he said $7,500. So he gets out his pen and strokes a check for $7,500, rips it off and slides it across the table to us. He said, I'm in. And we're like, listen, I appreciate that. But we take that check and we slide, slide it right it back right across back. the table. We refuse it. We say, Roger, and listen, we don't have all the details worked out. We've got to figure out territory. We've got to figure out. We don't even have an agreement at this point. We're still trying to figure that out. I don't so, think you told him that. <laughs> I told him. I we, we said we're I, still trying to I figure out all the details. finalizing the details. This might have been the terminology we used. And he slid the check back. This is persistence in action. <laughs> he said, no. Maybe insanity. Listen, I don't want to take the chance of missing this opportunity. You take the check and we'll figure it out. So we take the check and we get back to Albuquerque. And I promptly took that check. And right away, you went and I you went stuck and it? stuck it in my desk right drawer. in the drawer. I stuck it in my drawer. I shut the drawer. And you were going to open that drawer. like it didn't exist. And I remember that. And this, I mean, we'll get into more of the stories it goes. But at two weeks at least later, I get a call from Roger and he says, hey, that check I gave you, it hasn't cleared my bank yet. I said, no, of course not. It's still in my desk. <laughs> He's like, what are you doing? Why didn't you cash the check? And understand, as Dale mentioned, this is at a point in our, our lives where our families are not eating very Correct. well. Our electricity is periodically being shut off. Yes. Our cars are certainly not paid for, and sometimes the people that truly owned them wanted them back. I mean, there there is... We could have used that seventy five. I mean, that seventy five hundred dollars would have been enough for our families to live way. for multiple months. I mean, we were living. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but we would have been. We would have lived like kings and queens on seventy five hundred. But for us, there was a level of integrity at stake there, where we didn't want to cash that check without being able to fulfill. Whatever it was, we were promising, and we weren't clear on what that was, so we were holding out. So we we kept the check, but we didn't cash it because we wanted to get the details we, figured we out. The, first. We wanted to know what we were offering them. We wanted them to understand what they were getting, and we wanted to be in agreement before we took the money. I don't think Angie and Lori knew about no, the check. No, of course they didn't. And I'm afraid they they're going to hear this to episode. <laughs> And they're going to not be happy. <laughs> but we figured out over the next few weeks, we sat down and got a team of attorneys together. Some of the highest profile attorneys. And was that how it worked? Yeah, it was the highest profile attorneys in 5600 McLeod, <laughs> Unit J, which is where we were. The it, two it of was, us. It was Dale and Brian at law. And, and so what we did is we took a, a version of the agreement that we had had we from signed. Astralon. And we said, well, here are the things we wish were different. And we tweaked some things and made some changes. And uh, we created our own agreement. We took our time doing it. It took us a week or two. (laughs) Without any legal oversight. I will say that that was a good agreement. And it held up. It it did really well. But, I, I mean, this was just a crazy time frame, right? I mean, there are so many reasons that this should not have happened. That we should not have had... A dealer here. And and look, we made mistakes. I mean, one of the mistakes was for that dealership, we assigned pretty much 10% <laughs> of said, the country. When we said 7,500, we're just thinking for a dealer. We, <laughs> we hadn't really thought about territory. Yeah. And as the 
coming weeks went on, Roger was telling us how he wanted like all of Southern California, yeah, and San Diego County. I see Brian Orange is County. Brian is rubbing his forehead <laughs> as we discuss this. It was I. Um, it was San Diego, Orange County, L.A. County, Riverside, Riverside. County. That was crazy. I, I don't know. I, actually, I think L.A. County might have been uh, save it for later, but it ended up becoming part of it. I mean, it was it was literally in a territory of almost twenty million people and. Uh, not to foreshadow too much, but that will come into play in our story yeah, down the road. That one, that one, you're going to want to remember. All of Southern California, uh, right there in the Denny's. But this, this was a, a again. It was was a, it was a time where we have really two businesses running for everyone Southwest, for everyone Inc. And God is really pulling us. And it wasn't just that he opened the doors. I think I, I said earlier, he, he didn't just pull open the doors. He opened the doors, then threw a lasso through the door, lassoed us and pulled us through it. We, we didn't go running through it, but we ended up moving forward and, and taking steps of faith. Yeah. You know, the reason God had to pull us through it is because we didn't have the vision to see it ourselves, yeah. right? He presented it. It was there. We didn't pick up on it. So he kind of nudges us and move a little, but not really. And then he just kind of full on shoved us right, right to that door. And we saw when we made that trip to, to California, we saw that this is a real opportunity that there it's not just for Avalon Inc. Isn't just something to protect or draw attention to two guys right. in Albuquerque running their business in Albuquerque. It was real. It, it was a business of its own. And I know we said it's a business of its own, but I mean, it, like it could become an income generating or a a part of a business. And it's like, uh, oh my goodness, we, I don't know that we had really understood that. And, you know, as you talk about, we had these two entities and you, and you talked about the, the shortage of money because we were still there when, when we would spend time in Frevelon Inc. Not, not only did Frevelon Inc. not make us money then, but that was money we didn't make at Frevelon right. Southwest. Because when we make the, this trip to California, we're not installing. Right. It was taking the resource we had that we could invest in Frevelon Southwest, which was our time, and we were pulling that resource and putting it into Frevelon Inc. Uh, but we we were starting to get that image. We were starting to get that picture and understand it. And Yeah, there, there's an element of of stepping out in faith and you can only see so far and you've got to step out in faith. And yeah, it's actually interesting. I was with um, my daughter and son-in-law Paige and Wade this weekend. And we were talking about, we were just looking at, at just, we were driving along the highway and there were just these woods and, and really you couldn't see much of anything. And I, we, we started talking about like the early explorers, the, the pioneers, mm. the people that would, you know, come in and they would just clear paths. And, and I mean, first of all, Shout Incredible. out to those guys. I know they're not <laughs> listening right now, but I'm telling you, that is just amazing. The the faith and everything. You don't know what's on the other side of oh, that ridgeline. You don't know what's on the other side of those trees. And the truth is, you're not going to know what's past there until you get there. So you've got to do the work to, get to clear the path to get there. And then once you get there, then you can see what's ahead. And I mean, that's a, for, for those pioneers, that was a constant thing. And, and in the business world, that's what we had to do here. We didn't know what the dealership model was going to look like, but we had to make that trip to California without having everything figured out to take that step to see it was real. And then once we're there, our eyes are opened into, hey, here is a whole opportunity ahead of us. I mean, we could, we could really make this work. And we started to realize 
that, yeah, there are these two businesses and this one that we thought was just kind of a, you know, an, an idea, this, this theoretical thing, this, this thing to give us credibility. It was a compliment. It was a compliment. It might be really be the real deal where we're supposed to be. And, you know, we had a, uh, an interview uh, or a podcast conversation with Mike, Mike Costelli, our pastor, and it, it released a few weeks ago, I guess, uh, in, in September, we'll, we'll put a note in the show, uh, a link in the show notes, but he talked about, you know, sometimes when you're not sure what direction you're supposed to go on things, see where the fruit is being produced. Where is God blessing? Where are things happening? And that's one way you can know kind of where you're supposed to go. And, and in hindsight, I don't know that we really, I guess we did it at the time, but I wouldn't have used that terminology for it. But looking back on it, we we did that. We we put a little bit, we'd invest a little bit of resources into this Forever One Inc., into this setting up this national distribution. And as we started to do that, we would see results. We would see fruit. And so then we'd invest a little bit more and a little bit more. And eventually we got to this point where it became our primary focus. Yeah. I mean, that's a couple years down the road. We're not that's there not, yet. I'm not sure. Let's not no. get too far ahead. You're, you know, I don't want to mislead all those pioneers that are out there listening to this <laughs> podcast. But um, yeah, another thing Mike had said, Brian, you, you referenced Mike Costelli and what a great episode that was. But he also talked about, uh, you know, we we're talking about seeking God's will and, and how you know what, you know, you're deciding between things, what you're supposed to do. And um, it's, it's not always the easy path. That's right. The, the, um, the, Just because God calls you doesn't, doesn't mean, mean it's, it's gonna easy. Be easy. And, uh, you know, it wasn't easy. No. And, you know, we, we had to make sacrifices and do, do a lot of work to, uh, to see it through. But what an exciting time it was for us that we were, that we were finding this. So, you know, we, we just entered the new frontier two years ago. We moved out to Albuquerque yeah. and what that felt like. And now uh, we just reinvented Frevalon Southwest from Ashland Southwest. And that was this new thing. And right on the heels of that, we're turning around saying, Oh my goodness, this, there, there's something else here. There, you know, there's more that we were finding. And th- that is, you know, a result of that stepping out on faith and, we were willing to take action on it. And, and if you're not taking action on something, then you probably really don't have faith. Is there really faith? Yep. Because if you have the faith, if you have the belief that something good is possible, then you're going to go out and do it. Um, but, but boy, what, what an exciting time that was. Yeah. And, and I'm not trying, or we, we're not trying to um, belittle or, or make light of the idea of having a plan for your business. And and we certainly did. Before we even got started, we had spreadsheets. We had a business plan. Anytime we're talking to new dealers today, we have them go through an, a, a planning process of, of laying out what you want this business plan to look like. But the truth is, the only thing you can be assured of is that that is never going to be 100% right. It should be enough to get you started in a direction, but as you go, you're going to need to make adjustments. And I think it's what you know, Proverbs sixteen nine. Sixteen yeah. nine. Um, the heart of a man plans his way, but God establishes his steps. And so, you know, we make plans. We make a plan, and we, we start in a direction. But you have to be open. You've to You've got to be open to where God's what leading. God is leading, and the doors He's opening, and, and the direction He's providing. So. so yeah, go ahead. I, I, I was going to say we're probably going to both say the same thing. We talked about, um, you know, open the titles, open doors, and, and these were doors God was opening and uncashed checks. We did eventually cash that check when we got the 
thing figured out and we moved forward with Rogers, the first official dealer. El Paso James was, but that wasn't in an agreement form. But kind of an interesting twist on this is, I don't know if it's sacrilegious to say this, but God kind of presented us with a check. He presented us with an opportunity uh, and he slid that across the table to us. And that one we cashed. That one we said, we're going to take this. And, and we did step out on faith and we did chase this opportunity. We cashed that check. And uh, it has turned out to be in, you know incredible for us in the opportunity we've had. You said earlier, the people we've gotten to meet, the the lives we've been involved with, and, and the, the just doors that have been opened over the years as a result of pursuing this business. Yeah. And as we always say, we want you to see yourselves in this story. And so as you listen to this, I don't know where you're at in your journey, but you might be in a spot where you need to step out in faith and you can't see what's over the ridge there, but you're never going to find out until you get to the ridge. So do the hard work of taking those steps of faith, you know, set a plan, start in a direction, but be willing to be open to, to those open doors that are in front of you that maybe take you on a little bit different path than you originally thought but it's an area where you sense God is leading you. And again, to, to reference Pastor Mike and, and that uh, comment he had is, where are you seeing the fruit? Where is the Where are your efforts being uh, blessed? And, and that could be a sign that that's the direction you want to go. For us at that time, it was this national distribution of Fervalent Inc. Uh, I don't know what that is for you right now, but be willing to take those steps and to see what God has in store. So guys, we'd love to hear from you. Um, Shoot us a note, whether put something out in, in the, the notes below or email us, reach out to us in some manner. Um, let us know what you think, what you want to hear, um, things that made a difference, um, things that made an impact. And, and also, uh, don't just share with us. We'd love to hear that, but share with others. Let people know if um, there's a tidbit in here that was valuable to you. It may be valuable to somebody else as well. So take the time to share the podcast, share the information, and... Um, you know, let people know about what we're doing here. If you haven't seen it yet, the show does have an Instagram account now. So Impact Without Limits is the Instagram account. Uh, there's a link in the show notes. There's a lot of behind the scenes stuff, some interesting tidbits. It's a great way to keep up with the show and to share it. Let's go out, guys. Let's uh, be people of impact. This is the Fred Carmi reminding you that faith looks up Hope looks ahead, and love looks all around to see whom it can help. Good day.